Hey everybody, welcome to the Evoke Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hausler. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. These short 8 to 15 minute podcasts cover a wide range of topics to help you get faster. Whether you're looking to win a national championship, finish Leadville, crush Tulsa Tough, get on a Gravel Worlds podium, or simply drop your friends. If we've never met, I'm the co-founder and president of Evoke Bike. I've been coaching athletes since 2010, and I've trained with power for over 150,000 miles. I've also won three Masters National Championships, but I'm mostly proud of my nearly 100 Pro 1 podiums simply because it shows my consistency in the game and my hunger to get better for not only myself, but the Evoke community, which includes you. If you enjoy these podcasts, please leave us a review on Apple or follow and download the episodes from Spotify. And if you want to take your support to the next level, please click the support link at the bottom of this podcast where your donation will help us pay for everything that helps to keep this free podcast going. Now to the show. Hey guys, I posted this a long time ago and I'm going to repost. We have a bunch of new listeners and this would just be a good post for me to be able to share with some people when they're trying to understand what the Evoke philosophy is on coaching and where I'm coming from with a lot of these podcasts. You know, I'm N of one. I keep saying this because I want people to understand that you need to do your own research. I'm one person and I'm sharing my thoughts based on what's worked for me, what's worked for my athletes and what works for people that we talk to in the discord. And I get a lot of emails from athletes just with random questions about training. So I had some six bullet points that I think are crucial to your success. And I think that these will help you zoom out and see the 30,000 foot overview, as opposed to just being stuck in the day to day minutia of the workouts banging your head over and over again. I was just in the training road forum and this guy had posted a training calendar of a ridiculous amount of intervals. And I just said, hey, man, this this really hurts my eyes. I mean, this is a great way to not want to ride a bike in three months. And he said, I 100% agree. And I'm not even picking on the fact that it was like the most absurd amount of three by 20 minute sweet spot that I just was like, wow, this is actually hard to fully complete. But just that, man, it did not look fun at all. And so... Here are my six points or my, not mantra, philosophy on coaching. Number one, consistency. You've heard me talk about this over and over over and over again, but also and execution. So number one is consistency and execution because I don't care what you are planning to do. If you don't ride your bike and work out and do the workouts and whatever you're going to do on the bike you're not going to get better. So this also, you know, I like stealing from Gary V macro and micro macro big picture. Are you getting the volume? Are you getting the overall consistency? Do you have these 10 day stretches where you don't ride at all? That's not good. On the micro, are you executing these workouts? Are you doing what you need to do within the week or are you just blowing them off and doodling around with your friend, which there's time to doodle. I'm not saying doodling is bad, but there's also time to be focused on you and improving. So that is number one for sure. Ride the bike and have execution on what you're trying to accomplish. 
Number two, athlete and event-specific workouts. I think that said differently, work on your weaknesses, double down on your strengths, and also look to the events that you're doing. I don't prescribe many ridiculously long 45 to 60-minute intervals all in one chunk, except I do have a guy who's doing Leadville, and that's something that he needs to do. He needs to be able to pedal for over an hour climbing at altitude, ridiculous altitude. So that's something that I want him to do. Just doing 15-minute intervals for him, probably not the best idea. Most road racers, very rarely, unless you are going off the front, are you consistently pedaling and needing to be able to crank out 45 minutes uh, in one go. But here's the problem. A lot of times, that's not going to be 45 minutes at Sweet Spot. And that's the most common 45. I'm not picking on Sweet Spot, but that's the most common 45-minute interval that I hear of. And do you know what it is? If you are off the front, you need to watch my video that I posted. You need to be going above threshold and under threshold, VO2 maxing, little rollers and climbs, because guess what? That is all about speed at that point. And then also we could have the debate of if you're able to ride off the front from a group, are you in races that are hard enough that are like your big A races? Probably not. And so that's a whole other discussion that we could go down. So I really focus more on the athlete itself, get better, improve, and do the workouts that you need to do. Then I just posted a podcast about this on the 21st experience and science. So learning on the bike and staying current with new training techniques, seeing what studies are out there that are applicable to you as the athlete, but then also using experience. What has worked before? What have you tried? What are other people trying? You know, I don't think it's a problem to hear, oh, hey, there's this new training technique. I'm going to try it out. Give it a go. But you don't have to go, you know, full tilt on something and completely change up what's been working for you. But if people start talking about, I don't know, let's say when Tabata intervals started getting more popular, give them a try. How does your body respond to them? Maybe you need to do them fresh. Maybe they're really beneficial for you at the end of a race because you, you know, do a lot of road racing. And at the end of a road race, if there's a group of seven riders left, guess what? There's a lot of jamming on the gas sitting up, jamming, sitting, like people are trying to get away, the group's trying to split up. So again, use experience, use the science. Number four, variety and alternating stimuli. So you're not doing the same thing over and over and just rotating training blocks, but look at the athlete and event um, specific workouts that you listed out above and how can you use those in different ways so that the training not only stays fresh and is fun, but that you're getting a well-rounded diet of training. That's really important. Progression and workload. I think that it's progression is an important piece. And you got to remember, though, that these intervals that we create are and when I say these intervals that we create, let's say you're doing a three by 10 and then the next week you're going to do three by 12 and then you're going to do three by 15. Well, who's to say that you don't know, maybe you could have done three by 14 the first time and maybe you, you know, I think it's good to get the first W, but these exact intervals that we create are for just that, the convenience of being able to create a certain amount of time and then increase it. 
I think progression is important, but at the same time, think about it this way. If you're doing VO2 max work, you're not always progressing watts. So I think the same thing for threshold. Like if you can go out and bang out two by 20, maybe the next time you do two by 20, but just a few more watts. And I think there are some little breakthroughs in, okay, maybe you do two by 20, but then what if you did a two by 15, but rode above threshold that time? I mean, we're really getting, the waters can get very muddy here, but there's a lot of ways to play with progression. And sometimes progression might be reducing your rest. So I think that the progression is really hyper-focused on duration, but think about in different ways of how can you progress and maybe part of the progression is doing intervals when you're tired. There's, I mean, we talk about a million ways about this and then workload, make sure you're actually pedaling and putting out watts and you know you can use TSS or you look at kilojoules in the week. I don't think you wanna obsess over that. Obsessing over any one metric is not a good idea, but using these as guideline or guides with, um, sorry, I just got a phone call. It lost my train of thought here. Use those as sort of like meter sticks that you can frame your training around. That could be beneficial. The last one, which really shouldn't be the last one, but we talk about it the least, is mindset and tactics. People are obsessed with increasing their FTP 25 watts. And they're not thinking about their race craft. They're not thinking about, hey, how did I lose that last crit? What could I have done better? What, how prepared are they mentally? You know, are they super, super, super nervous that at the start line, they're basically already psyching themselves out of doing well? I posted one on the 20th of this month. And actually, maybe that's the 21st. Um... You know, mindset's really, really important. The mind is going to take you so far in this game. And tactics is obviously, it's half of the the day there. You know, you've got to be prepared physically. But if you don't have the minds and the tactics, you're not going to win. So those six points I think can really help out. Let me know what you think. Jump in the Discord and good luck with your training. See ya.